Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, June 23rd, 2021. President Biden delves into the growing debate over the uptick in crime in America. We'll discuss that, plus what New York politics is telling us about the Democratic Party. And finally, after a bruising defeat for Democrats, how do they plan to continue to fight for voting rights? Today, in the midst of rising crime and gun violence across America, President Biden and his Attorney General Merrick Garland announced a comprehensive strategy on violent crime prevention, with a particular emphasis on gun crimes. And the two men met with state and local leaders ahead of their public remarks. At the White House, Biden addressed the recent spike in shootings, armed robberies, and vicious assaults. Biden signed executive actions that especially focused on tamping down gun crimes, even as he called on Congress to take steps to enact new gun control laws, though the odds of those gun control laws getting passed seem mighty long. He's also pressing Congress to confirm David Chipman, his nominee to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Chipman is a strong gun control advocate. Joe Biden understands the politics around crime probably better than most. He has a long history in this space. You'll recall he was one of the chief architects of the 1994 crime bill, and he ran many political campaigns on his sort of tough-on-crime approach. You also may recall that he then faced some potential headwinds in the 2019-2020 Democratic primary because it looked as if his support for that bill was out of sync with where the modern-day Democratic Party is. Nonetheless, he made sure to stick to his commitment that he was not going to support the whole defund the police movement. He's the one that ended up winning the primary and, of course, sits in the Oval Office. Now, as he navigates the politics of crime as president of the United States, he is also going to try to keep at bay any blowback from the base of his party. Now, here's what else matters today. This issue of crime was front and center in the New York City mayoral race. Now, we are still awaiting the ranked choice voting calculations to be made. We're still awaiting absentee ballots to be opened and tabulated. But Eric Adams, the former police captain and centrist in this race in many ways, put the issue of law and order and public safety right dead square in the middle of this campaign. And he has jumped out to an early significant lead. We know that this is going to be layers. This is the first early voting count. We know that, but there's something else we know. Mm. That New York City said our first choice is Eric Adams. The more progressive candidate, Maya Wiley, she was the one running on the defund the police platform. She was the one embracing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's endorsement. And she is the one who is significantly behind in these initial preferences, in this initial vote count in New York. We will see what happens. But Adam's significant lead is telling, and it's something that the Biden White House is watching pretty closely. Add in what happened in Virginia earlier this month. Terry McAuliffe 
far more centrist than some of his Democratic primary opponents in that race, he emerged the winner there. And of course, Biden himself, dispatched with the likes of Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and many more people running to the left of him in the presidential primary, but he was able to put together a coalition of voters of color, of older voters, of more moderate-of-the-road voters, and that was the winning coalition inside the Democratic Party. So what do all these victories that we're seeing right now in Democratic primaries tell us about the state of the Democratic Party? I think they're telling us this is a party in Joe Biden's image right now. Now, one exception to that that we saw last night in Buffalo, that was where a self-declared socialist candidate won the mayoralty of that upstate New York City. India Walton will now take over as mayor of Buffalo, and she will be not only the first female mayor ever in that city, but she will be the first socialist mayor in America in more than 60 years. So clearly, there's still a lot of energy on the left of the Democratic Party. But I do think when you look at where Adams emerged in this first round of voting, you look at McAuliffe, you look at Biden himself, it is a good reminder that what you read on Twitter is not necessarily real life. I mean, if Twitter was going to dictate the outcome of the New York City election, Andrew Yang would be mayor-elect today, and he would not have conceded and dropped out of the race. And finally today, a couple significant developments as it relates to voting rights. This just one day after that For the People Act that the Democrats were pushing just sort of went up in flames in the United States Senate. Democrats have said, though, this is a major priority of theirs. So the question is, how are you going to reapproach this now after yesterday's failure in the Senate in a way that's viable? And I don't see any good answers to that from Democrats today. But just to give you a sense of why this conversation remains important, look at what's happening in Texas. Governor Abbott in Texas has now called for a special legislative session to take place on July 8th. You may recall, we covered on the podcast a few weeks ago, Democrats stormed off the Texas House floor when indeed Republicans were trying to pass one of the more restrictive voting bills in the country. Republicans were not able to do so because of that Democratic tactic. But at the time, Abbott said he was going to call a special session. Now he has circled the calendar July 8th for the battle of voting rights in the Lone Star State to continue. And in Michigan today, we also see the import of this ongoing concern about voting rights in America. A Republican-led committee out of the state Senate in Michigan has issued a 35-page report looking into all of the issues that were brought up about the vote in Michigan in the 2020 presidential election. Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump in Michigan by some 154,000 votes or so, and this Republican-led committee says no evidence of widespread fraud. And in fact, this report suggests to the attorney general in Michigan that the fraud that the attorney general may want to pursue is the fraud of conspiracy theorists selling lies about how the vote was conducted in Michigan. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.